0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another cascading edition of podcast Dark Elevation, the only podcast that understands the heart of wrestling, the heart of all competitive sports and entertainment like sports products, to be honest. But through The lens of uh, AEW's Dark and Dark Elevation programming. I am, as always, your host, Dirk, Mr. Elevation, if you're nasty. And, oh boy, do we have some fun stuff on this week's show. We're just going to get right into it. Uh, Actually, no, wait, before I get right into it, I'm going to say up front that you should be following me on Twitter at Dark Elevation... Uh, that's the only social media I have right now for the, for the pod, uh, but specifically because I am now uh, contributing to Pro Wrestling Amusings, I'm doing a Dynamite report card weekly. I know, it, you know, it's just Dynamite, it's not as special as the time we have talking about Dark and Dark Elevation, but it certainly is uh, meaningful to the larger wrestling picture. So be sure to follow me, uh, be sure to follow Pro Wrestling Musings, uh, ProWrestlingMusings.com is where you'll find these these uh, grades, so I may talk less about Dynamite-related programming on these, uh, these pods coming up, uh, which is fine because it's not the focus, uh, but the reason being is because I'm making sure to save a lot of those takes. ...for what I will be showing uh, in the written form on on the blogs. Uh, but let's get right into the elevation number 96 in Bra- Broomfield, Connecticut. Oh, wow. Broomfield, Colorado at the First Bank Center. So there's a lot of dark elevations, uh, but none of them have quite the same elevation as this one... ...because we are in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we start with Hikaru Shida... Defeating Tyra Rusame in 2 minutes and 45 seconds. This was... You know, you want to get Sheeta on the show. People like to see Sheeta. Uh, Tyra Rusame seems like she is maybe newer, maybe coming along a little bit. Had a lot of spin techniques in her, uh, in her repertoire, which I enjoyed. I like seeing her spin around a lot. Uh, you know, not a lot of other things happened here. Uh, she has a... Sort of a half kimono, is the best way I can describe it. It may be something far more significant uh, than what I'm what I'm calling it, and it's certainly not the right terminology, and I apologize for that. But I had never seen uh, ring attire quite like what Tyro was wearing. She had like one sleeve. Um, it was certainly it certainly did stand out. I, I will I will say that, um, and we got a very good. I, sometimes I am critical of how the uh, the the katana she does spinning kick finisher. I don't think they always film it well on uh, dark and dark and and on dynamite, to be honest, uh, because you you really want to get that one shot of it of her doing the pantomimed pulling out the sword into the spin around into the kick, and sometimes they do a little bit of. Uh, kevin dunning on that um where where they they do cut in in the middle of of that motion or maybe what they had before wasn't at the right camera so they go back to it uh but uh, i think it's a really fun finisher if they get it uh, from the right angle so they did that on this one so that's good uh, the varsity athletes Josh Woods and Tony Nice with Mark Sterling, defeat the Pillars of Destiny, Hunter Gray and Paul Titan in four minutes and twenty-eight seconds. This was fun. Uh, the Pillars of Destiny, they're fun looking. They've got like face paint and stuff. I think Josh Woods and Tony Niece are always quality performers. I th- I think that Tony Niece versus Brian Danielson. Will be fun. Uh, Pillars of Destiny, I don't know what that means as a name. It feels very similar to me to, and they probably, maybe they predate them, or, but it's like Gates of Agony to me. Where it, do, it just like, maybe it sounds a little bit cool, but it doesn't really make any sense. You're just, uh, you're just choosing an architectural feature, and then a important sounding abstract concept. The pillars of destiny, the gates of agony, like like the buttresses of fate could be one, or the keystones of uh, dominance, or uh, I don't know the. Uh, the, the atriums of 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 uh, power these are not these these are not good names on their own they don't really make a lot of sense the and besides the pillars of destiny they seem like they're like some sort of like tribe guy i don't know exactly what i how i would describe them but they don't seem like the type of guys who are worried about high concepts like Destiny. They also don't look like they are guys who would be making Pillars. They look like they live in tents. They're very face-painted and long hair. I don't know. But I would see them again. I'm pretty sure we've seen them before. But they that was fun. And the crowd, they seem to be local... Favorites because the crowd got behind them, which is fun. We did, we, I feel like a lot of a lot of dark, uh, and dark elevation talent has been catered to the markets that AEW usually frequents. Uh, you know, they haven't been to Colorado since I think pre pandemic, if they've been at all. So it was good to see a lot of people who we have not seen before. On this, a lot of newer enhancement talents getting getting a look on TV. Um, So that's that's good. We had Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy defeat Atiba and Manny Lemons in four minutes and twenty four seconds. Manny Lemons, Manny Lemons. I'm I feel like this is. Pretty close to what Daddy Magic Shittick was. He enjoyed saying lemons a lot. Uh, This was fine. Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy are actually working together very well. The segment they had later with Ethan Page was a little bit... I don't know if it went anywhere. Ethan Page was happy that that they were in compliance with what he asked for. That he that they apologized for I don't even remember what he wanted them to apologize for uh, but he had but they they did apologize uh, I hope Mark Quinn is okay we have not seen him in a couple weeks now um, I'm sure that'll play into the storyline at some point but hopefully he's all right we're we Wishing him a, a a speedy recovery if he's if he is injured, and I I enjoy um I'm in, I'm enjoying Private Hardy more than I thought I would. Maybe it's the name. Maybe it's I don't I don't know what else it would be if not the name. Uh, it is interesting that they both are with I like I sometimes forget that. I think technically Jeff Hardy is still under contract by AEW. Obviously we wish him the best in his recovery Um, I, I don't I wonder if anything ever resolves with him coming back I certainly as as sort of thrown together as Private Hardy may be at this point I certainly think that it is more entertaining than if they put the tag championships on the Hardy Bros this summer that as they were planning on doing. We don't get the same swerve in our glory rain. We don't probably don't get the same acclaimed rain. What a, what a sliding doors moment of, of things actually being better for the division, but you know, we, we wish the, the best for Jeff. It's, you know, certainly been six months or so since we've seen him. And I, I, I hope that uh, he, he gets to where he needs to be to have one last run. Uh, maybe him and Mark Quinn will do something together. That'd be kind of funny. Marina Shafir with Nyla Rose defeats Lilith Grimm in a minute and 49 seconds. That's a fun name, right? Lilith Grimm. I, I feel like I give people I give people flack for their names a lot of times because they're either un, unoriginal or they don't really make sense. Lilith Grimm works. I think you don't. Ha- you don't. It's there's not a oversaturation of Liliths. There's surprisingly not an oversaturation of Grimm's. There's the Brothers Grimm, obviously, and the Grim Reaper, and and these are influence. Oh, well, I guess the Brothers Grimm is not really an influence on most wrestlers, either. The stories themselves or the uh, Matt Damon Heath Ledger film from, like, 2005. I don't think either of those have influenced Wrestlers Too Much Grim Reaper, certainly. Um, Grim Fandango, probably not. But you do see similar skull uh, artwork to Grim Fandango around, but that's probably un- unrelated. Uh, uh, the point being that uh, Grimm is not a name you see a lot. Lilith is not a name you see a lot. Both of them work good for wrestling. So I am immediately interested in Lilith Grimm. She only was here for a minute and 49 seconds. I didn't... It wasn't anything special. She She's, you know, looks strong, so I'd certainly be willing to see her again. But j- just... This is why I feel like I should be a wrestling name consultant. Because Lilith Grimm will be an example of doing the right things and making me interested in seeing you again. On the other side of things, we have Athena defeating Gypsy Mac in 3 minutes and 12 seconds. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but that first name is oftentimes considered a slur against the Romani people. And I don't know what Miss Max' background is. Maybe she's using it in a, in a different way. Maybe it's a reference to the, the beloved uh, musical. I don't know, but it seems like from the cursory glance I did of her social media, her character is sort of like a fortune teller type of thing. Which leads me to believe that maybe we are uh, slinging that word around in a way that is not maybe the best. Uh, I don't want to be... Uh, we, we come here to have fun. I don't want to be somebody who's making things unfun by saying, Hey, maybe uh, don't uh, use a word that is uh, used... For people, sort of, uh, Europeans use it for sort of a cart launch uh, racism against uh, uh, traveler ethnicities. Uh, and so, maybe just do a clean reset. Because I also didn't think this was that great. I, I think that we've definitely seen better Athena performances from this Reign of Terror of hers Uh this one didn't do very much for me. Maybe it's because I was all caught up on the name. But, uh, Miss Mac, why don't you come back and uh, do a sort of a hard reset? And I would like to see you again. I'm not counting you out. I'm just counting you down. One, two, three. In this particular instance. And then uh, we move on to The Dark Order. We got Reynolds, Uno, and Silver. So, that's the full suite at this point. Uh, they defeat Chaos Project, uh, Luther and Serpentico, and Ryan Nemeth. So, very interesting. I-, I don't know if there's a justification of why the Wingmen would hang out with Chaos Project. Uh, if anything... Like The idea of the wingmen is they're guys who like to dress up nice and go out. If you did that with... I I can't think of anybody worse in terms of keeping the ladies away than hanging out with Chaos Project. Chaos Project, possibly the worst possible wingmen you could have out there. You're just talking to some girl, like, Oh, so, do you live around here? What, What do you do for fun? Uh, can I, can I buy you another, uh, uh, uh amaretto sour? And then meanwhile, in the other corner, there, your buddy is shrieking and then using your other friend to like, like stir his drink. He's got, he's, he's dunking Serpentico in his drink to stir it around and, and she's gone before you can even turn back around to say, uh, I apologize for my friends. So it doesn't really make sense that they would be hanging out. I don't think. But I think the choice to not have this be the Spanish Announce Project in this this clear loss that was coming up tells me uh, that they want to protect Angelico. Which I think is cool. I think that there's a lot more in the tank for Angelico than I necessarily originally thought. I did not think TH2 had very much to very, very much legs. I, I didn't think that, you know, I think Jack Evans was impressive, but me like the, maybe the fifth or sixth most impressive person doing similar stuff to him. But on Helico that maybe there, there could be something there. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not discounting that. And I, and I, think that I'm in favor of the decision to try to protect him a little bit. Julia Hart defeats Leva Bates in 52 seconds. This sure didn't go very long. But it's doing what it has to do to continue to build uh, Julia Hart. I think this is maybe the first time in a while Julia Hart has faced somebody with their own entrance. I'm not researching that. But it does seem like a long time, and I feel like at the same time, I think Gleeva Bates may have lost quicker than a lot of others did. Uh, but Julie Hart looks strong, also. I look. Like, I I keep saying, oh, she's not, she's not hitting the mat. She's not doing any power moves or anything like that. And I still stand by the fact that eventually she's going to have to do stuff like that. But uh, she does look like her 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 muscularity looks. She looks stronger than she has looked. In the past, when the, when she was a, t- a cheerleader, she looks like she could be very powerful, and that's important. And you know, hopefully, this is all this is all coming to something good for Julia Hart. I stay. I'll I'll repeat what I said last week. Give me Julia Hart versus Diamante as part of this Eddie Kingston thing. It it doesn't it doesn't give her her own thing, but it gives her something. And this is starting to look good enough that you could certainly put it on TV, especially if you want to do the right thing and have two women's matches on Dynamite. You could have a very short match with Julia Hart on TV. I, I'm, I'm going to keep track. I won't, but maybe this will be a fun play along at home. Uh, how many sort of two-minute segments do we get on, on Dynamite? this week or any week that are less fun than a minute of Julia Hart entering and a minute of her squashing somebody. Think about it. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett with Sutton Sing and Sanjay Dutt defeat Justin Andrews and Ryzen in two minutes and thirty three seconds. Haven't seen Ryzen in a while. He was a staple of Jacksonville. Um he he never really did anything special for me, but it is nice to see him again. You know, I, I, I like seeing somebody get paid. Uh, the crowd really disliked Lethal and Jaren. They were they were yelling "Rick Flair ripoff" or something like that, and I'm not sure it could have applied really to either of them. Probably more to to Lethal, but. I didn't. I didn't think too much either way of this one. I'm ready for Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett to lose, so we can move on. I think that maybe Max Caster hurt our ability to move on from from this feud by having too good of a line in his rap. He he dissed. Uh, Jeff Jarrett too hard about stealing Kurt Angle's wife. And whoever is, I can't think of her name. I was going to say Valerie Jarrett. And uh, that is, a, uh, I believe, a, a member of the Obama administration. It's not her. But imagine being married to two different wrestlers and being a political, uh, you know, important political person. I don't know if she's really important. I, she's like somebody that conservatives are always mad about. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she did. Probably nothing good. I mean, you don't you don't make it that high up and be well known for doing good stuff. Uh, point is, she was mad. She accused uh, she she accused Kurt Angle of uh, of uh, cheating on her with Kelly Kelly and Don Marie. Kelly Kelly certainly had something to say about that uh, messy stuff. Maybe it would be better if we just ignored it and moved on, but hey, that's good television. To somebody. Not to me. I want a claim to fight somebody better. The House of Black. That's Brody. That's Buddy. That's Malachi. They defeat Dean Alexander, Hagane Chano, and Rosario Grillo. Uh, uh, it was five minutes and 20 seconds, which is actually kind of surprising that it lasted this long. I guess they wanted to showcase Chanel a little bit more, and they did that. And Dean Alexander and Rosario Grillo got to walk to the ring with entrance music because Chanel has that music. They also had matching tag team uh, attire, which I thought was nice. And, yeah, so I did not expect this to go five minutes and 20 seconds. That's longer than I think I expected. Most people... Did not think that that would happen. It seemed like more of a squash, but it was fun watching those guys just sort of like try to keep up with the House of Black. I it, there were, there was something compelling about that, even though you you knew they were gonna lose. But how how long can they keep this going for? If it was like the the Spider Man challenge, um, oh. And now I can't remember in Spider Man one. How long did he have to stay in the ring with Macho Man? I don't remember. Was it five minutes? If it was five minutes, they would have won that challenge. Uh, of course, the thing that is uh, most important to talk about: uh, Rosario Grillo on either the intended or de facto final uh, finisher of the of the match. He jumped off the top rope got clocked by Brody King. Through nothing that Brody King did, Rosario Guerrero landed hard on his ankle. He's injured. He's out. I do do feel for him. I, I think that it's important to remember that these guys put their lives and their health on the line to do this thing that I like to see them do, and we should never lose sight of that. I apologize for any time that maybe I called him Rosario Dawson, or maybe I said something about Grillo being in a pickle. You know, there's a there's a price to these pickle jokes. They're they the pickle jokes are not the somebody somebody is putting their life and livelihood on the line so that I can make pickle jokes, and I hope we never lose lose sight of the immense amount of of of, uh weight there's a there's a lot of weight behind these pickle jokes so not not the happiest note to end this on but a note nonetheless so we we got to see some new faces that we don't see a lot we saw some a little bit of compelling action here and there, not the best, but hey, I, I I think the people in the people in Colorado got one of the best dynamites I've ever seen, and a pretty dang good rampage as well. So they can't be that upset about these these couple of you know decent showings on their elevation episode. We'll be right back after these messages. We move on to AEW Dark number 177. This is from the tapings in Orlando, Florida at Universal Studios. Excalibur and Taz on commentary, as as you, you already know the drill. We start off with Christopher Daniels defeating Brian Pillman Jr., I was surprised by a few things about this. I assumed going into it that Brian Pelman Jr. was going to win. I assumed it was going to be more fun than I think I had with it. Um, it kind of... First of all, the crowd was dead. And you can't always control for that. It's a bunch of sunburned Floridians. It's a bunch of people who are been you know kids that are you know hopped up on on you know drinking whatever they give kids at the the Hogwarts butterbeers and whatever else they they give you at Universal Studios uh, point being it, it, you can't always can tell what the crowd's going to be like here but the crowd was not very high on this one and it really just never switched into that. It sort of started slow, and then it it was almost like a match where there was like a 10-minute interval cut out in the middle where towards the end of the match they were moving like they had just been part of this barn burner that had been going on. It was like, like they had pushed their bodies to the absolute extreme and they could not go any further. But I did not feel like what I had seen had justified that. Christopher Daniels, you know, his his moonsault, the best moonsault ever, still looks really good. I, I'm sure that he doesn't wrestle as much as he used to, so I'm sure this, is, this probably helped tune him up a little bit. Uh, I like the idea of him as somebody people have to try to pass through on Dark. I sort of think that Frankie Kazarian... Fulfills a similar role for elevation as Christopher Daniels does in terms of that that old timer who's like sort of a mid middle guard that if you beat him you're becoming something and you know if you lose you still have a little whiles to go. I they're almost like the like uh, like if 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 they were Game Boy games like Pokemon Gold and Silver. You know, Christopher Daniels would be the the Ho oh and and Frankie Kazarian would be Lugia. Um, I think I think kind of do look. I think Frankie Kazarian kind of does look like Lugia now that I'm saying this out loud. And Crystal Daniels doesn't not look like Ho oh So, anyway, that's what happened here. Brian Pillman. Afterwards, he's talking with Arn Anderson and Brock Anderson. Arn is like, "Listen, you two. You both have been shitting the bed recently. You couldn't beat better, more experienced opponents. So it's time to do something. What is being done about it? I don't know. I'm not totally sure. What I was supposed to take away." That they're gonna are they are they tagging together because they did mention Griff Garrison is injured which and I hate to make this the episode where I just keep saying hope everybody's okay but speedy recovery to you as well Griff Garrison so maybe they're just gonna be a, a boring tag team of, of you know second generation guys there's probably some other second generation is there any other second generation talent in AEW I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe I'll think of some as, as time goes by. But maybe they're, maybe they're going to create some kind of second generation. The, the Nepo baby tag team. It's it's certainly not out of the question. I just don't understand why. If, if Arn Anderson's going to do something like this, he's got to harness that I'm going to shoot a guy promo that he gave. Does he not want to go back to that? I don't I don't know what he, why why he, he's shying away and trying to be all very uh, very matter of fact instead of just like being like you guys need to be able to want to shoot you know I don't know maybe maybe Pillman already knows that because his dad did famously have a gun in that one segment which is real I, I got to go back and watch some Brian... And Brian Pillman because the gun thing is really the only thing I know about him and that's too bad. That's too bad. I, I have n- I'm sure I've seen some matches or something but I, nothing sticks in my head more than Pillman's got a gun. So Emi Sakura with Balianaki defeats Jada Stone. This was fine. Jada Stone seems. Knew her, she didn't. She didn't. She kept falling as she was getting chopped more, which is not what you do against Emi Sakurai. She just keeps chopping you forever, and you don't fall. So she didn't quite have that right. She didn't have her arm locked for the. uh, Getting sat on for the tee. Listen, I know not every wrestler can watch uh, Dark and Elevation every week the way that I do. But she was not on for some of those things. But she also did a sort of interesting looking. Uh, like uh, leg scissors takedown so I'm not she, Jada Stone she seems like she's someone on the up and up I'll keep an eye out for her she has very long braids uh, that I liked and yep we have Ryan Nemeth defeating Dak Draper the son of Dak Prescott and Don Draper <laughs> it, it, they, the the names don't necessarily feel like they go together if he is a dakota the way that dak prescott is then dakota draper that sounds a little bit more believable that sounds like like the third generation Felsa, like whatever don draper's kids names are like the kids that they they would have and oh dakota draper he he's a you know lives at home still and works at grandpa's uh advertising agency just doing c- copies and stuff like that. Filing stuff. Anyway, Ryan Nemeth cut a promo before this match uh, maybe a little bit earlier uh, with with Lexi Nair um, and he seemed unhinged in a very funny and good way. And I think I think I'm in on Ryan Nemeth now. I think that he... Dare I say, is underutilized for what you can get out of him as a sort of low card heel. I think you can. I think he could be a low card heel with more television appearances. Is is all I will say about about that. Uh, so you you could. I'm I'm in on Ryan Nemeth. I I feel like I was ahead of the curve of everybody realizing they liked QT Marshall last year, 2023. Is gonna be Nemeth's year. I'm I'm semi calling it. Uh, Oh, what if I did like twenty twenty three predictions? I'm not gonna do that, but I could. That could be an idea for an episode. I but these episodes are already too long. They don't need extra segments, if if I can avoid it. Uh, Anyway, Dak Draper, very large, very. A uh, very good sized wrestler. I'd be happy to see him again, bring him back. And he dominated a lot of the match and then just fell victim to the whatever the cutter that Ryan Nemeth uses. That's name I can't remember. I'm gonna have to start remembering it because Ryan Nemeth's my guy this year. But it it is uh he, he's he's good. Blake Christian defeats Sean Maluda. This was a lot of fun. I had a, I, I had a good time with this match. Uh, Blake Christian getting a win. Very happy for him. A lot of people... I, I would say that that is going to be the big takeaway about this dark. The last dark introduced us to a lot of new faces. This dark gave put a W in, in the win column for a lot of people who don't necessarily win a lot. And now they can say that they're 1-0. Because I have to say, the graphics were very disrespectful to some people on this episode. Because some people got making their 2023 AEW debut, which, fair. That's what is to be expected in the first week of January. But then other ones are like, oh, and two lifetime at AEW. Well, why can't they be making the twenty twenty three debut? Why you got to do them like that? Remind everybody, it's a it's a new year, right? Point is, Ryan Nemeth is now well, Ryan Nemeth is one and one, but but Ryan Nemeth is one and one. Emmy Sakura doesn't win a ton. She's now one and zero. Oh. Christopher Daniels is one zero. Oh. Blake Christian is one and zero, oh. and. So that, that gives them just a little bit of good momentum to start off the year. Uh, I would say seek out this match if you're just going to watch. Which, again, I don't know why you just find your way to the part of a one-room match. But this is one worth seeking out if, if for some reason you were bored by Ryan Nemeth. Which, again, you're, you're missing out because it's going to be the hit of the year. If you if by chance you were skipping through, I would stop at this one. This, this one was fun. And we're gonna see Blake Christian again in a little bit. We added Ari Divari with Jeeves K, Slim J, Sonny kiss. He defeats Leon Ruffin. Leon refuses to join the trustbusters. He was gonna wait if he laid down, he was gonna get cash and become a trustbuster. And he said, no, I don't want that. And guess what happened? He lost. And he probably got paid for his appearance, but certainly less cash than if he had laid down. But I guess, you know, you, people I people do have standards. I, I have to remember that. That people do have standards. Not me. I'm still waiting for any sort of advertisement for this show. But for most people, they do have standards. Uh, and... Leon Ruffin continues to be a fun guy as far as constantly appearing enhancement talent goes. I think the crowd's behind Leon. I'm behind Leon. Uh, Trustbusters. They do have room because they lost Parker Boudreaux. And I would like to see uh, Ari Divari get mad at uh, Swerve for uh, stealing Parker Boudreaux. And just have a very quick rampage match where where, just Ari Divari gets annihilated by Swerve. Before we get into the truly evil Swerve stuff, which I think is coming down the corner, give us just like a one last chance to root for Swerve as he demolishes Ari Divari. I I know that's not consistent, but I think it would be fun. It would be consistent with the idea that Parker Boudreaux has moved from being one guy's goon to a different guy's goon. Rohit Raju defeats Richard Adonis. A lot of of Adonis wrestlers. It's certainly a popular one to go with. There's Adrian Adonis. Um, There is... who, Who are the other ones? There's like a Ashanti the Adonis, I believe is a member of Hit Row. Something like that. Uh, who was who the other one? I think there's a Chris Adonis. There there's it's a pop you, you can use other Greek names. Apollo, Artemis, you can't use Athena. Athena Athena is Athena. You can't use that one. But oh, I guess there's an I guess Apollo Cruz is pretty pretty Rightly taken, Apollo. A lot of Adonises, though. And yeah, Rohit Raju is somebody who we've seen win before. It has—it's not his first win, but he's starting off one and Makes it seem like they have some kind of plan with him. Uh, I, I think he's fine. I think he's—I think he's fine. I think if you want to make him appear for a little while on television. That's fine. If he if he's going to be I don't know, tormenting Hook and then Hook beats his ass, sure, fine. I I you want him to mess with Darby Allen. I won't I won't be against it. So good for him. Uh Jora Joel defeats Jared G Diaz. I am a big fan of George Joel. Uh, it's not fair to compare him to Rohit Raju uh, just because they they both happen to be of South Asian descent. Uh, but they were one after each other on the card and most crucially are both bald. That's the that's the biggest thing that they share. But I, I like I like George Ol more if I was going to give time to one of those two guys, it would be George Joel. Uh, and Jorah Joel wins with like a big pump kick, which I think he's won with before, which, hey, if you want to save your good stuff for moving up the card, more power to you, Jorah. Save, save use the pump kick to no avail a few times and then break out some bigger finisher. I, okay, I can see the size of your, of your, uh, delts. I think those are the right muscles. He's, like, got strong shoulders and stuff. He could definitely lift somebody up and do some kind of move that is more powerful than a pump kick. But, hey, keep it in the chamber. I don't... I'm not gonna hold that against you, Jorah. Because I like you. I have liked you even back when you were, you were Robo, the Punjabi lion. Dark Order defeat Axton Ray and Blanco Loco. Hey... There are a, You're going to have to be a little bit more uh, specific there because I don't know how many Blancos you've met, but they are Loco. Am I right? Am I right? This guy knows what I'm talking about. No, but uh, Axton Ray and Blanco Loco, they were a pair of guys with matching tights. One had a mask, one didn't. Cool color scheme, I would say. I like their color scheme that they had. They lost to Dark Order dark order so I guess is now 2 and zero oh, rounds and silver at least star on the year that might mean something if we had any more rankings we have not had those in quite some time uh, don't know what's it, it uh, it's constant question of what's next for the dark order I don't know at this time it seems like Really, the odd one out is really Evil Uno. Because if they wanted to make Alex Reynolds and John Silver just hangman's buddies, and that be their thing, they could easily do that. But that does not seem to be what they want to do right now. So it it would be hard to figure out something to do for Evil Uno then. So for now, Dark Order remains... They they're gonna be probably on dark and elevation for a while, but hey, everybody is it's not like people have gotten less excited for Johnny Hungy. He's still he's still beloved. The varsity athletes Josh Woods and Tony Niece they win again. This time defeating Adrian Alonis and Liam Gray, uh, who are two guys we've seen around a lot. They're they're a tag team that we see with some regularity. This this was fun. I liked seeing... uh, Josh Woods is really something else. Tony Nese is really good, too. They're both very strong. Josh Woods is a little stronger. Tony Nese is a little faster. I think they're a a spectacular tag team uh, that just is not in a great position where they are right now. If I saw them on the Indies, I would be I would think that they were just every everything. I, I would think that they were going to be the next big thing. Right now they're sort of just treading water. But hey, they they're going to be good and and Tony Nese is going to get to be on TV this week. So good for good for him. That'll that'll be that, that maybe that'll give a little extra juice to the to the varsity athletes. Kiara Hogan defeats Casey Lennox. Another example of somebody winning with not a usual finisher, like some kind of a. I don't know what I would describe it as, like a cradle German suplex or something like that. I can't exactly say what it was. because I, I partially because I can't remember. Um, Kiara Hogan. She got to sign some autographs and high five some kids afterwards, so it's obvious that they they think that she could be a, a baby face. Um, let's see what happens tonight. I'm I'm interested in seeing what happens. What what happens tonight? Uh, she's not gonna win, but does something happen to continue that feud? I feel bad for her because she was gonna be the one to be like mad at Jade, and instead Red Velvet is mad at Jade, even though she's the one who's still a baddie. So I don't know. We'll we'll get something out of this. I think Kira Hogan can can still can still do good things in AEW. Then we have Slim J and Sunny Kiss with Jeeves K. Defeat Cameron Stewart and Ryzen. Hey, guess what? Ryzen's back again. Ryzen spent all this time away just to return to immediately end up in the very special group of people who lose back-to-back. He did it. Congratulations, Ryzen. Some people thought, oh, you know, if you've been away from AEW for that long, you're going to have some ring rust. You're going to have to shake off some ring rust. Before you enter the club of people who lose on back-to-back episodes of Dark and Elevation, not Ryzen. He he didn't. He just came right out the gate and joined the club. So more power to you, Ryzen. Cameron Stewart, we've seen before. I still don't like Cameron Stewart. I don't. I don't know what he's going for. He's trying to do some kind of like exotico thing. It doesn't really work. It, especially when you're facing somebody like Sunny Kiss. Who is not necessarily an exotico, but very much is willing to make her fluid sexuality into sort of part of, you know, athletic and and finesse and and and, and like like it all comes together with some kind of like total package for Sonny. Uh, Cameron Stewart just does not have the. Or as far as we have seen, we have not seen the athletic prowess out of Cameron Stewart to justify uh, the uh, the flamboyance of the gimmick, the way that Sunny Kiss makes it work. Uh, I I mean I at least I like Sunny Kiss. The crowd at one point was cheering for Ryzen, which is wild to me. I I, I will always cheer for Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss is a lot of fun. Sean Dean defeats Ariel Dominguez. Hey, Sean Dean, another person starting the year off 1-0. Look at all of these people who, who get to start the year off 1-0. Including some that are starting off 2-0. Uh, so, does that mean something's in store for Sean Dean? I hope he gets to continue to be a, sh- a thorn in MJF's side. It, it's, it's not a question that I, I think at some point during MJF's planned reign of terror, that has to come back. But not sure when yet, but it, it certainly will, and maybe if if Sean Dean is on a winning streak, it will make it that much more compelling. Top Flight. Dante Martin and Darius Martin defeat the workhorsemen Anthony Henry and J.D. Drake. Uh, this Ruled. This was a lot of fun. I know sometimes I'm like, oh, do I want to skip the main event? Did not want to skip this main event. Was correct in not skipping it. This is this is good wrestling. This was the probably no. i I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, emphatically, the best match of the show of either show. So check this out, Darius Martin. Is able to use J.D. Drake as just an absolute, like, like, like he's he's a, like he's a some sort of a, of a structure that you can do parkour off of. J.D. Drake is in this in this match. He, that's that's how good it is. Uh, And then he also gets a few real good power moves in there, throwing those Martin brothers around. This is good. This is good. I got I got no notes on this one. This is easily a match that could have been on a rampage, easily, or or a dynamite. I could just say it should be. A, when I say oh, this could easily be on a rampage, it almost seems like faint praise. This could have easily been on a dynamite. Uh, I will I will say it could have been. On, I maybe I'll just say it was it could be on television, because it wouldn't have gotten as much time probably if it was on dynamite. Point being, good stuff. Uh, and, and a great way to close an episode that had a few nice things, but I think, you know, Dark and Elevation do go into setup mode sometimes, where they're just sort of setting things up. So the beginning of the year certainly makes sense to be in setup mode, and now we've got some people with wins on the board who create it creates some intrigue, certainly. is George, How long can George Joel be undefeated for? How long can Sean Dean be undefeated for? You know, uh, Keir Hogan will probably not be undefeated for very long, but it, there's there's a lot there's a lot of intrigue here. Um, yeah, that that's all I have, and I hope you enjoy. The show's tonight. Please be sure to read my recap of Dynamite on Pro Wrestling Musings. My uh, sorry, it's not a recap, it's a report card cuz I'm bringing everybody to school. So bring your notebook and a pen and a uh, graphing calculator, TI-83. Because we're going to be doing some serious work because this is a very serious dynamite coming out. First one of the year. And we're going to enjoy it. Okay? Let's enjoy it.